Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for His glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. Fighting for your destiny. And we have read over time that scripture from John 10, verse 10, that tells us that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He wants to steal your destiny. So you have to fight for it. No destiny is going to be handed on a platter to you. You just wake up and say, how great you are, God, and thank you for this destiny. And it just happened and fall into place. No, you've got to fight for your destiny. You're going to achieve uh, destiny. You're going to have to fight for it. So let's start out by reminding you that your destiny is always your responsibility. It's not your pastor's responsibility. It's not your parents' responsibility. It's not the church responsibility. It's not God's responsibility. Your destiny is always your responsibility. And so for the motion to even start, for things to get going, you have to accept responsibility for your destiny. Destiny speaks to delivering on your potential at a God-approved level, as we said last time, or it speaks to maximizing your potential. So God wants you, it is God's desire for you to maximize your potential. And it is in your best interest and your generation, the people in your sphere of influence, it is in everyone's best interest for you to uh, deliver on your potential. Because there are other people's journey that are waiting to start from things that are in your course. So if you don't run your course, you're hindering, uh, you're hindering others from getting their course going and their journey going and certain things from happening. So it is important that you deliver on your potential. I want to remind you all that uh, habits are very important to destiny because habits create cycles. And cycles are what really produce results. So it is very important that we develop kingdom habits uh, or habits that are based on kingdom principles and kingdom culture and put yourself in position to produce kingdom results. But it is very important that we manage our habits and see uh, what direction they're taking us. Dr. Mike Murdoch once said that what you do daily determines what you become permanent. So it is your habits, your daily habits, that determine what you become permanently. I was thinking a couple of days ago about Cornelius, the man Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. And the Bible says, interestingly, that Cornelius prayed always. So that means he made it a, a habit. Prayer was one of his habits. So he prayed always. Acts chapter 10, and gave arms, uh, arms to the people. And the Bible said he also feared God. The word fear there means reverence. So Cornelius, though a Gentile, had, a, had some kingdom habits. And 
You know what happened? As a result of those kingdom habits, running his course, he opened up the Gentile community to the gospel. Because previously to that, the church was primarily a Jewish church. Many of the Jews, even Peter, did not even know that the Gentiles could be filled with the Holy Ghost. But as Cornelius demonstrated some kingdom habits consistently over time, we see where he produced some kingdom results. So it is important that we develop habits that are kingdom-based because it is those habits that will create cycles in our lives and those cycles that will produce long-term results in our lives. So I want to remind you that you're capable of that. You might um, be working on trying to change some habits over time and it don't seem like it's happening. I'm telling you, don't give up. You can do it. In fact, I want to remind you that the Lord is with you. And the fact that the Lord is with you, you can do it. The Lord is with you. He will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Um, as you uh, partner with his word and uh, conform to his word day after day, you are going to see meaningful results in your life. When the Lord is with you, there is nothing that comes to your life that you will have to stand alone. God will watch over you and direct you and keep you in all his ways. I want to read this morning from Genesis chapter 6. Judges, not Genesis, sorry. Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6 from verse 13 to 16. You know, we, I shared with you last week how the Lord is with us. And if the Lord is with you, he, he has the situations of your life in his hand. Just like he demonstrated with Israel when they came to the Red Sea just like he demonstrated with Moses and Abraham and all of that, we know that the Lord is with us. But Gideon had a very interesting question and query as it relates to this particular situation. And I want to read Gideon's concerns. Verse 13. Gideon said to him, that's to the Lord, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. We're going to read further, but let me just uh, say something here. That leading up to this story, 
the Midianites, it's another nation, oppressed Israel. And the Bible said that even when Israel would plant their crops, when it was time for harvest, the Midianites would come in and reap the harvest. So they left Israel without food. So this man Gideon realized that it was about time for harvest. And he was trying to reap some crops before the Midianites come in and take all of it. So he's trying to um, get some food before these Midianites come in. And in the process of trying to do that, to gather some food for himself and his family and all of that, the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you, mighty man of valor, of valor. In fact, that's in verse number 12. And if we just show verse 12, we'll read that verse. Verse And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, mighty man, you mighty man of valor. So Gideon said, well, if the Lord is with us and he being with us is supposed to bring deliverance, provision, healing and all of that. If the Lord is with us, then why are all these things happening to us? How, have we, um, how did we find ourselves in this position? And some of you might have those same questions. If the Lord is with me, then why is it that my breakthrough don't seem to be coming? Why is it that I still have to deal with this situation and that situation in my life? Well, look at verse 14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from, his, from the hand of the Midianites, have I not sent you? So the very Midianites that are oppressing you, hey, I'm going to use you to save Israel from them. So he said to him, that's verse 15, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Just in case you don't know me, let me give you a, a little introduction of myself here, the Lord, of myself here, God. I am at the bottom of the barrel. If you were going to choose anybody to save Israel, you know, I'm not the person at all because I don't have the wherewithal to do it. I am not capable of doing it. And the Lord said to him, look at what the Lord said to him. Surely, and I like that. Surely I will be with you. Now understand, at this time, Gideon didn't even know what that means. Didn't quite realize what that means because he's preoccupied with how the um, Midianites are oppressing Israel. But here is the assurance that the Lord gave him. Surely I will be with you. And as a result of that, as a result of me being with you, you shall defeat the Midianites. The Midianites as one man. 
Why? Because I'm with you. You don't need the entire host of the armies of Israel to come and do this because I am with you. You will defeat the Midianites as one man. I don't care what you're going through and what the devil has been lying to you about. I am telling you this morning by the spirit of the Lord that because the Lord is with you, you will be able to overcome the situations that are coming against you in a way that you would not imagine. But you would have to lift your eyes to the hills and say, Lord, you are good and your mercy endure it forever. You are great. You are the miracle working God. You are the one who makes a way even where there seem to be no way. You are the great God of the ages. Surely I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Well, that's the God that we serve, the great God of the ages, the one who was and is and is to come, the God who liveth forever and forevermore. He knows how to work in and through our lives. Now, let me say, just because God is with you doesn't mean that there won't be seasons of testing because character building takes time. Character building takes time. So for you to develop the character and overcome in your life, it's going to take time. So the thing that you might be thinking should happen today, it doesn't mean that it is not going to happen. It might not happen on your time, but um, if you will stay with God and recognize that he's with you, then it will make a difference in your life. Moses um, went to Pharaoh a couple of times, but I want to remind you that Pharaoh did not let Israel go the first time Moses confronted him. He, he was there and he continued over time. So you might be praying about a situation from last year or even longer or earlier this year and you don't see the results yet the lord is with you the lord is with you understand that he's with you and he will never leave you nor forsake you now he said why is it necessary for the lord to be with you when he he is jehovah shama somebody asked might ask he is the ever-present God, Jehovah Shammah. Why then is it necessary for him to be with us personally or for him to express that he's with us when he's always there, he's ever-present? But, you know, I liken this situation to uh, oxygen. We um, inhale oxygen and all of that and just about anywhere that you go on earth, there is oxygen. Nevertheless, you will find that sometimes you go to the hospital 
and the medical people choose to give you oxygen according to what they diagnose and uh, diagnose and what the situation is they give you oxygen well oxygen is everywhere why do they need to give you oxygen the situation might warrant uh, something different from what is the general uh, situation. So the Lord is always present. He's always there. Yes, he is. He's Jehovah Shammah. But sometimes you need to experience his personal hand and intervention in your space, in your space in your personal space that you can see the demonstration of his power in a real way so while he's aware of your existence and all that you do you have to create the environment for him to be with you so that you can experience his hand in a real way so for example psalm 91 it says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadows of the shadow of the Almighty. And then God said, I, and then he can say, uh, David was writing the Psalm, said, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. In other words, you will experience him being with you if you dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. If you partner with the word of God, you will experience him being with you, the manifestations of him being with you um, in a personal way as opposed to just in a general way. So the Lord is with you. He's always there. Yes, he's Jehovah Shammah, but at the same time, he wants you to know that he, He's, he's your friend. And he's interested in you as an individual. I want to remind you today that destiny is a, per, a process. And this process is made up of different seasons. Gideon asked, why are all these things happening to us? Destiny is a process, and uh, this process is made up of different seasons. So there is no destiny that comprises uh, just one season. Some seasons are tough, and some seasons require some extra effort to navigate them. But at the end of the day, Destiny is a process. So it is not that the Lord is not with you while you will experience um, difficulties in your life, but there are different seasons that you will go through, no matter who you are, or no matter what um, you, you, your status is. There are different seasons that will, uh, you will go through. And sometimes during, the, during some of those seasons, you feel like the Lord is not with you. Jesus himself had that experience. He was going through that season and in the garden, he said, Father, 
if it is your will, let this cup pass. One time he said, why hast thou forsaken me? That's the feeling that some seasons give. Some seasons are tough and grueling. Some, some, some season you come out of it and you almost, uh, you're gasping for, for air because it was so tough and challenging. But the assurance is, surely the Lord will be with you because those seasons were not meant to be permanent. No one season is going to be permanent. Yeah, you might feel like you're going through it for some time, but that no one season is permanent. So in the tough times, when your backs are against the wall, and yeah, it looked like it was over, hey, you don't give up on that season because the Lord is with you. Yes, he's still with you. So why are all these things happening to us? It's a season. And if you read that story carefully, you'll find that Israel actually came out of that season and went into another season which was better. But I want to say something on that too, because you know, if you read the first part of that story, the Bible says that Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So you can create unnecessary seasons in your life. I know some people will want to think about that a little bit. When you do your own thing, you depart from the ways of the Lord and do your own thing. You can create unnecessary seasons in your life. In other words, seasons that were not really meant to be, but you create, created them. And you can't create a season and just decide tonight that um, it must be over in the morning because... Um, you, you, you don't like what is happening. These things are, 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 as I said, speaks to process and takes time. So it is important that you partner with the word of God in all that you're doing and ensure that you don't create unnecessary seasons that can actually cost your life. You see, success represents represent results. Success is never an event. It is always a destination. And for you to get to that destination, it is a process. It is a series of seasons that lead to success. Think about Joseph in the Old Testament. His success to being a second to Pharaoh in Egypt was not an event. It was a destination. 
I am sure that there were times when Joseph thought, Lord, if you're with me, why are all these things happening, happening to me? I don't believe I, I did anything to deserve all of this. In fact, I've been righteous before you. God, I ran from Potiphar's wife. My heart is right before. Why are all these things happening to seasons? So he being in prison, it just seemed like there is no justification in this. But God said, I am with you. And the prison led to another season in his life that produced extraordinary results. The season that you are having right now is leading to something. So that's why the scripture tells us, it says, weeping may remain for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. The season of weeping is not meant to be forever. Was not meant to be forever. Weeping may remain for a night. But joy is coming in the morning. But what I want to say to you is that you can prolong a season also for longer than it should be. And if you're attitude is not right if you don't manage this thing well weeping may remain for longer than you desire for it to be we see that with the children of israel they prolong that time in the wilderness that season of weeping so you have to partner with the word of god and remind yourself That weeping may remain for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. You know, one of the, the things that we have to manage well is that we have to understand uh, when a season is over and learn to embrace the new season. Because some people, um, because they're coming out of a season that was favorable, they want to hang on to that for the rest of their lives. Some people uh, get so depressed in a season that is uh, miserable and um, what would call a season of weeping, and they just lay down arms and they are not doing enough to make sure that the transition takes place when that season has ended. And sometimes, the very things that we need to let go to ensure that we can embrace the new season are the things that we hang on to and perpetuate that old season. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you this morning that if the horse is dead, you have to take off the saddle and move on. Some folks are mourning for years over that same dead horse. 
can I tell you that your tears will not resurrect that horse? The fear of change will cause you to cling to what is dead and don't embrace the way forward or the new season. So God is saying, fear not, because I am with you. That's why Paul now said, this one thing I do, and he zeroed in on that, this one thing I do, I will forget those things which are behind. And I will reach for those, for that which is before me. I will forget those things which are behind. God told Samuel. This is most interesting. He said, now, listen, stop mourning for Saul. Basically, you're wasting your time. That season is over. <laughs> that Saul season is over. So Samuel was there mourning, uh, mourning and all of that. You can understand he was the one that anointed Saul and all that kind of stuff. But God said to Samuel, he said, stop mourning for Saul. That season is over. We've got to move forward. You've got to embrace the new season. Israel mourned 40 days for Moses. Moses was a great leader, a great man that led Israel in an extraordinary way. And Israel mourned 40 days for, the, for, for Moses. And in Joshua chapter 1, the Bible said, God said to Joshua, listen, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, now, therefore, you've mourned 40 years for him? That's fine. Now, therefore, arise. Because We've got to go over Jordan. You've got to arise and embrace the new season. So I am speaking into your spirit this morning to say, now, therefore, arise. Yes, you have mourned and we understand the pain of what happened. We're not being insensitive, but you cannot stay in that season for the rest of your life. You cannot stay in that season where you continue to mourn and to be sorry for yourself and allow the victim mentality to overcome you and to dominate your life. Now, therefore, the Lord is with you. Arise and get ready to go over Jordan for the new season. We've got to go on the other side of Jordan. Moses is dead. Now, therefore, it's time to go. Ladies and gentlemen, for change to occur in us, we must be willing to enter the realm of the unknown and step into unfamiliar territory and uncharted waters. We do not need to keep every little detail, every little thing under control or be concerned about all of that because the Lord is with you. But if you are going to embrace change, 
and embrace the new season. Forget the things which are behind. You have to be willing to step in the realm of the unknown. In other words, you have to trust God with where he's leading you. So God said to uh, Abraham one day, I want you to leave your homeland and go to a place that I will show you. He didn't even tell Abraham. He never even told Abraham where he was taking it. And Abraham stepped out in faith, stepped into the unknown on the word of the Lord. And God established him. You see, the fear of change is rooted in the security of the known. What has worked for you before versus the unknown. So we have these little sayings, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Well, that might work in some sense, but when God says move, oh, Abraham was doing well. Nothing was broken, but God said, I want you to step forward and embrace the new season. So embracing destiny, embracing the new season, which makes up the process of destiny, will mean that you have to step out of the security of the known. So God's been speaking to you about ministry or, or speaking to you about sowing, but you know, you're saying, I, I can't not keep my job. God, I'll do everything, but I can't leave my job because this is what takes care of all these bills and all this situation and all of that. Listen, the fear of change is rooted in the security of the known. But what better security is there than God? So anytime you begin to understand the security of God and prove it over time in your life, see the manifestations of God in very challenging, difficult circumstances, then you now allow that security to become the known in your life. And that's where God wants you. The security in God to be the known for you. Not the security of your finances. Not the security of um, your, your, your job. Not the security of man. But the security of what he can do. And what he will do. And the security that the Lord is with. The Lord is with you. Because you see, it's, it's one thing to say, the Lord is with me. But it's a different thing when the Lord says, I am with you. You see, sometimes in our religious behavior, we do some of the things that God wants us to do. And we settle with that and then say, the Lord is with us. But you've not really partnered with God the way God desires for you to partner with him. So you can't see the manifestation. So you can say the Lord is with you according to how you feel and, and all of that. But I'm telling you that it is a different story when the Lord 
says to you, I am with you. That means it's sure. I'm not working this up in my head. This is why it is important to hear from God. And today, I speak to you as the voice of the Lord to say, the Lord is with you. God sent this word for you this morning to say, I am with you. And one of the things that happens sometimes is that it takes a little while for people to reconcile with the fact that God is with them. God had to talk with Gideon for a while. He had to talk with Moses for a while. And different, different people in the Bible. But the key is for you to embrace what he is saying as opposed to what the natural man is saying. We walk by faith, not by sight. Remember, as we close out this morning, that the Lord my God is with thee. So be bold, be strong, step forward and remember that the God of the ages, the God of the impossible, the God who makes a way where there seems to be no way, the God who is able to create roadways in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, is with you. He knows to watch over you and take care of We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and have a great day. You may contact us by email at fcfmontegobay at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at fcfmobay and on Facebook at fcfmontegobay.